It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome back from your weekend. This episode dropping on a Monday surprise. Normally, we release our episodes on Wednesday. We're getting this one out on a Monday because we want to start your week off right. We want to start your week off with some great journalism. And we're not just talking about the journalism that Dan and I try to bring on a daily basis. No, we have invited a stellar journalist on with us to talk about a stellar company that provides great journalism for a few teams now, hopefully every team very, very, very soon. And of course, we wanted to let you all know that this is officially the midway point between your Thanksgiving and your holiday season. If you are a late gift giver, like myself, you've got about 10 more days before you really have to hit the ground running. I know a man who always hits the ground running because for whatever reason, he likes to run great distances for enjoyment. I believe it's called yogging. Could it be a soft J? Dan K, welcome to the podcast. I'm going to tell you this much, Lucas, if you're keeping score at home right now, this is the second straight podcast that you've started off by mentioning me running. I don't know how much sprinting I've been doing around you lately, but I, I apologize if I'm running away from you and not running towards you, but I'm certainly running towards our guest today, right? And we talk about all the time the need for players to have visibility, to be seen nationwide for all the great things that they are doing. And with so many teams in the USPHL, with so many teams in junior hockey as a whole, with so many teams nationwide, worldwide, playing the great sport of hockey, it is great people like our guest today that add an extra accoutrement, the ability to cut. That was a good word, Lucas. That is a, that is a <laughs> And there's nothing Dan loves to do more than break, break the flow. If he's on a roll, if it's I sounding crisp, it Dan will always break it. I will, I will, I will, I will. But you know what I'll also mention today? I'm going to give a little hint to who's on because my one of my favorite movie quotes of all time comes from Heavyweights, which Lucas still has not seen. No. When, when Tony Perkis has been told that nobody has seen more butts than you, Uncle Tony, when he calls him see more butts. That's one of my favorite things. And also, the, the tw never put Twinkies on your pizza. That is the number one thing you will learn from the movie Heavyweights. If you've not watched Heavyweights, go back and watch it. It's a classic with Keenan Thompson, but even better than Heavyweights, even better than movie references or Dan Kay running around or the fact that I'm on my eighth cup of coffee today, even better. We've got Seymour Sports in the building, and no one does a better job, more professionalism. And you know what? In a world lacking journalistic integrity, no one's got more of it. Then this team with Seymour Sports, you can go to SeymourSports.com, S-E-A-M-O-R-E, sports.com to check out their work. Well, we're going to talk about their work right now. Oliver Francis from Seymour Sports. Good, sir. Great to finally have you on. Great to finally talk with you guys. Um, you guys do so much for the game and of hockey at all levels, and it's an honor to uh you guys kind of do what we do. You you talk about the underdogs. You love the fourth. You love the team that's going to finish 18th at nationals just as much as the guy's going to be holding up the trophy. Um, that's what we like. We like talking about all those stories. We like talking about the guy from the Philippines as much as we like talking about the guy from Minnesota. If they play hockey. We want the world to know about them. At the end of the day, that's kind of our common goal. Yeah, and we look at it. I mean, I always looked at it as 
John Madden was one of my heroes growing up, right? And the all Madden team, you'd always hear guys talk about that. And and if you watch the John Madden documentary, if anybody missed it at home, you should go back and watch it when you get a chance. Every one of those NFL players talked about they'd rather be all Madden than all pro or pro bowl or MVP or offensive player of the year. Because if you made that all Madden team, it meant you did the little things that made your team better, right? It meant you were... You were, you were that blue-collar guy who was willing to put in the extra effort intended to win football games and that John Madden saw it, right, the everyman's man. And and I think the way you guys write and, and the way we cover the game, it's it's just that understanding that to any sport, whether it be hockey or you, we talked off the air about you calling a field hockey game and football games, like no matter what sport it is, there's more to the game than just the guy with 100 points with 50 goals and 50 assists, like – there's that there's that fourth line banger. There's there's that netminder who might get that one start a month that makes that big start and gets a win for his team spelling the starter. There's more stories to the game and you guys do such a great job diving into it. That means a lot. Uh, you, we we love talking about the third string goalies. Um the year when second time one of the times where AIC made the NCAA tournament up here in Fargo, we wrote a story about their third string goalie who hadn't played a game or played one game all year. And he, and he, that was one of our better viewed stories of the year um, because those guys are the guys that bring the group together. They bring the room together. And that third string goalie, Jared Fisk is now actually playing and he's playing on a team that has three. Uh, yeah. Brennan Boynton, Troy, Col- Troy Cobra and Alex Aslanitas says three transfers from three different D one schools. And Jared Fisk is the one who is they always seem to come back to him as as the starter and his nickname as a goalie is cheese um because <laughs> when he he uh and he's not he's not the only cheese in college hockey but he's the only cheese in college hockey because when he was really young he let in a bunch of goals in one game and his team just kind of called him that it kind of just stuck <laughs> the other goalie in college hockey named cheese is caleb johnson third string goalie for uh, the Fighting Hawks up here in Grand Forks. And it, his nickname was Cheese because he ate a full cheese cup at a hockey <laughs> game when he was younger. What so a, come on. we have one year school. left. The NCAA tournament is in Fargo. If the Fighting Hawks somehow get better and get somehow if they win their league, get to a one seed and the AIC makes the tournament, we could have a cheese off. That would be honestly, that's right up my alley right there. We've we've held the cheese curd cup before. The Hudson Havoc against the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings out there in Wisco. They've played for an we literally got a restaurant to provide us with pounds and pounds of cheese curds that we filled a giant cup with. And the winning team, the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings that year, they got to eat cheese curds at center ice. So we we love anything around cheese. And you look at Look at Seymour Sports. You look at what you do here with this brand, with this, with this business, with with your coverage of the game of hockey. Can you kind of let folks know who are going? All right, SeymourSports.com. I can go to the website. I can check it out. What is the brand? What are you guys trying to accomplish there? Kind of what, what's your mission statement? Um, we cover the underdogs in and around. It, it started. So I'll tell a little bit of how it started, just to kind of give folks a sense of where this where this comes from. Twenty sixteen. Um, my not yet wife at the time and I, um, we were still college students at UND, U18 World Championships was going on. We went, we saw this Latvian goalie, Merrick Smits, went, played, he won a bunch of games in the in the NAL with the Rebels, um, went, he's playing pro hockey now with the 
ECHL, AHL affiliates of the New Jersey Devils. We saw him make a gajillion saves. It was like 40-something saves against the Swedish team that has a bunch of guys that are now in the NHL or will be in the NHL, guys like Alex Nylander, guys that you've probably seen play in the NA, in the show. And he kept them in that game. And we're like, wow, no one's like, everyone's just talking about his name, but no one's talking about him. So like within a first the first week, we sent him questions on Twitter and he, thankfully he got back to us. <laughs> um, and it was my, and, and I kind of wanted to do something with writing in, in, in this area. And I'm going to give all credit to my wife. Um, without her, this doesn't happen, quite yeah. frankly. Um, I went and she kind of kept it going. I went and worked for an ECHL team that folded and um, she kept it going at UND. She did a lot of the writing. She did things. She interviewed, um, she interviewed Aaron Dell. She interviewed a lot of guys. And then when I came back, kind of started at UND kind of covering all the UND sports, like, cause there are a few that don't get covered. Like UND soccer doesn't get covered to the same level as UND hockey. Like people call you the fighting Hawks, the Alabama of, you know, the Alabama college hockey. Um, <laughs> for how it's covered i mean their team is losing right now their team is 23rd in the country and the sky is falling in, in grand forks for some fans rightly or wrongly that is the way it is if you are not winning you are it, the world is the world is ending um anyway we'll move that forward what really kind of i think got us to the mission got us on our, on our current path was right before the pandemic und plays alabama huntsville in the ralph my wife talks to Mike Corbett, Alabama Huntsville's head coach, who is now the assistant at Quinnipiac, talks 45 minutes about the game and the love of college hockey and everything else. And we decided, all right, no one's covering Huntsville for this game. There's a bunch of people covering UND. We know that. Let's try to do something different. And the reception we got from Huntsville fans that weekend kind of stuck with us a little bit. Then we kind of covered them getting brought back for the year before their program was suspended due to conference issues and a bunch of other not a bunch of other things that have been talked about by others that like anyway, the point of that is we covered those guys. They they weren't getting the notice and the coverage that we thought they deserved. Like these guys are D1 college hockey players and they're maybe getting a, a normal standard, you know, John Smith scored a goal in the loss and the goalie had 36 saves on 52 shots. Well, how did they get there? They're to, they're to us, they're just as important as UND. Why aren't they getting the, the respect they, you know, the respect they deserve? One thing led to another. And then with the pandemic season, we started covering Atlantic hockey because we moved to Fargo and Grand Forks is an hour north of us. They limited who could go to games. So we kind of just said, okay, full time, we're going to cover teams that aren't getting coverage. Um, and then I think the other thing that really still stands out to me the head coach of Army West Point Hockey, Brian Riley, I tweeted at him. I'm like, hey, great, you know, after a game, like you miss a save or something it was that your goalie made, your second team All-American goalie made uh, in a shootout. And he's like, great, when are you calling? Over Twitter, Brian Riley, one of the, the, the legends of this sport. Yep. Um, if he, if or when he hears this, he will laugh if I call him a legend because he does not think he is. He thinks his his... He thinks Jack is Jack very much is, but Brian Riley is also one of the legends in this sport. But that's another, we could have a whole conversation on the Rileys and what they do. Anyway, um, so we start covering Army West Point hockey in addition to um, AIC hockey. We were we were in the building when AIC hockey beat St. Cloud State. 
And what stood out to us and what I think still um, stands out to us about the way we try to cover these teams, the underdogs at the college level, and even so at the junior level, when like the Northeast Generals a couple of years ago, they were not making the playoffs. When they beat the teams that were like really good, it's like they beat them. They deserve to win. Um, yep. the AIC's head of communications, their play-by-play guy for hockey as well, Seth Dusso, he said, and I, and I will remember it to this day, he said, if we win, don't call it an upset. So we didn't. And we just covered that AIC team that year and that and that and how they treated us and how they still we are still able to talk with them and be honest with them and direct with them and ask them questions and how everyone in that program and army and all the other players and things have treated us so well. Like we we want to cover the guys that the, the first round NHL draft pick, like Connor Bedard this year, he's got more articles written about him than he knows what to do with. And I'm sure they're all well deserved. He is a world class player. But look at a guy like Trevin Kozlowski, second team All-American, a great goalie, great story. Um, he got some coverage for sure for what he's done. And he's done a lot of great things. Um, and he plays pro hockey, but no one really wrote about him. It, it's what Brian Riley says. You care about your players as people first for what they, for who they are. And then you kind of worry about them on the ice after that. That's kind of part of our mission. Um, we covered the Northeast generals last year before this season um, to get more into current times here. We covered the Northeast generals last year before this season. That was our first time really working directly with a team doing any sort of thing. We did player profiles. We did all sorts of things on NA three guys, NA guys, people seem to like it. So we kind of thought, Hey, how can things get, you know, a little bit bigger. And we kind of went back to the rush because a couple weeks before the season, they're like, hey, you need to call Ryan at this number. We're like, uh, okay. <laughs> and within a day, we had that first the first proposal for the rush, and we spent the next couple of weeks hashing out deals for the infantry and uh, Carolina Premier Hockey, which is their youth organization um, that has a lot of teams doing a lot of great things. A lot of them played in the at the at the outdoor rink. Yep. Um, yeah. and just being able to cover all of them and however we can on a week to week basis, um, is credit to, um, uh, credit to many people for believing in us credit to first off credit to my wife. Like I said, without her, none of this happens. Yep. None of this happens. Um, and I, I, I can't thank all the people that have helped us get here enough. You guys, um, everyone, for kind of getting us to where we are today. And, and yeah, we're, we're trying to grow. We're, we're trying to figure out a way from Fargo or wherever to hopefully maybe get to nationals. I have a great diner recommendation for you guys. We were there last year for the Atlantic hockey championship. I know where there's good pancakes and I know where there's good cannolis and I know where there's good cannoli pancakes. You said cannolis. So here's a well, one. Here's, here's, I was going to say, here's the I, thing. I am restrained. Lucas is allowed to eat as many pancakes as he wants. We I, got treated by a former Charlotte Rush yep. parent. Um, we they owned a. I won't call them out because I almost I almost died of pancake over. I had a great time at the Pancake House. Stacked I'll call them out pancakes. for being delicious. Stacked yeah. pancakes. Stacked pancakes in in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, and I ate a lot of pancakes. And when I tell you, I was out of commission, Oliver, for like an entire week. It My broke body him. just. It just, I don't digest. Apparently, I don't digest starches very well. So to I be fair, he done. also didn't just order regular pancakes. He ordered the full stack of like 
what were they like cinnamon red velvet red velvet cinnamon bun (laughs) yeah so you went all out i will say this the way that we treat you with pancakes is similar to my rule with cheese but you're much better about not eating pancakes uh than than i am but i think we can both agree on a good cannoli i think we're both down i do love that i'm a jury I think it was just it was just cannoli pancakes, but they were so light. Like my wife absolutely loved them, and my wife like I will eat pretty much anything, um, anytime, anywhere, any place. I like food. I am honest about that. Same. My wife is more particular, and if she the very picky eater is like, oh my goodness, we have to go back to this place again before we leave Utica. I'm gonna listen. Smart. Man. I'm I'm going to listen. So um, us. We'll, I mean, we're gonna be there for. For a while, so we could probably use a diner recommendation. Ten days. Crayley's Diner. Crayley's. Okay. Crayley's. C R A Y L E S. Crayley's. And that goes to everybody too, because we're going to have eighteen teams from the Premier, eight teams from the Elite, twenty-six total organizations traveling from around the U.S. to come to nationals in Utica, New York, this March. And you guys can come to Crayley's with us. We'll apparently we'll please be there do not. Don't meeting. all come at the same time. <laughs> no, 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 don't. You, you, you might want to like work with them on that restaurant a little bit. Um, Western, we were there. Um, Utica College was hosting Western New England in the in one tournament game. Plus, there were four teams there for Atlantic hockey. Western New England nearly freaking sold out the place. Just they, wow. there were a lot of just them in there. That's one team. Huh? Crazy. It, it, you, look at, you look at. I love the. I like. I feel like you guys are cut from the same cloth that we are. We're kind of, I just love these small towns. I love the stories that come with junior hockey, right? Like it's not New York city. We're talking about like these small places like Wisconsin Rapids, where we go up to Wisconsin Rapids and all of a sudden Lucas and I are driving around looking for a place to to grab a drink and grab some food after a long day of work. And there's a Dan K's bar and grill in town. And I'm like, Oh, come on. I got to get a picture with the sign. And then we find out their biggest rival, the Hudson Havoc, down in Hudson, Wisconsin, have Jonesy's Bar and Grill. <laughs> so now we have a Dan K and a Jonesy's Bar and Grill to go see each time we go out to Wisconsin. You look at places like Pueblo, Colorado, we were just in, where they make us they made us eat hot wings, first of all. I don't know if you've ever seen the hot the hot ones challenge, but we okay. had to eat out there. They have their own hot sauce, the Pueblo Bulls. And it nearly I think I did better than you, Lucas. I, I thought I was going to be the one who broke on that You one. You did better initially with the spice level, but I did better over the long haul than you did I, because we, Dan was given one command. It was, even though you wash your hands, don't touch your eyes. And about four hours after the interview, I just hear next to me, oh, no. Oh, no, I touched my eye. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, that, that was not fun. I wouldn't suggest that to anybody. But you look at these small towns, and it's just it's fun getting to know the culture. It's fun getting to know what these players get to know as they travel around the country. Hockey is all about those, those second families and third families you make in billeting around the country. And I know you guys see it. I hear the passion when you talk about this, this sport, about this, this role, about, about what you and your wife are doing here with Seymour sports, Oliver, can you kind of, I'm a, I'm a team somewhere in junior hockey land, or I'm even a college team right now, listening or a college coach. And I just feel like I'm not getting enough coverage. I'm not getting enough shine. I'm not getting enough spotlight. How do I how do I get to see more sports? How do I have two incredible journalists working under under my wing here helping promote what I do? Um so couple first, yeah, my wife will still help. Um she's hopefully 
I'm not going to say where that's her place. She's hopefully getting back into college athletics soon as a, as a sports information director. Awesome. So she will still assist, but like, you're going to, unfortunately, I'm going to tell people you're mostly stuck with me. Um, <laughs> but with that said, first, um, ACHA and CHF coaches, um, one, first off, one reason I love the USBHL is because they promote the heck out of guys who go to the ACHA and the CHF just as much as guys like Blake Bennett who climb the ladder and go to AIC and score a bunch of goals. Um, so if you're a college coach, junior coach, think about this. What is your goal? If you're first, if you're a junior coach to move, to win games, win a bunch of games, make everybody happy, hang a bunch of banners. But at the end of the day, you want to move your kids up to the next level. We are not hockey coaches. I'm still learning how to skate. We have a four-year-old named Hendrick who who's probably going to be a better skater than me in about a year or two. Great not, name. Not, <laughs> uh, named after Hendrick Lundquist. Great um, name. You picked the right – look at this right here for you. They can't see it at home right now, but I got my little Hank right on my desk. <laughs> Your little baby okay. Hank. And I'm, a, and I'm a Capitals fan, and I'm okay. I'm from Baltimore, by the way. Oh, Seymour really? Sports. Seymour Sports, the name. My wife is from the Seattle area. I'm from Baltimore. We met in North Dakota. Seymour. Come on. See, that's a good journalist. Lucas would have asked questions to get to that. Me, I <laughs> you blindly walk into it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and because everything is uh, kind of all binds together at Lake State, where the first player we ever wrote about went to college, has a mascot, Seymour the Sea Duck. Ooh. No relation. No relation. No relation. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, th- back to the, the – we'll do junior team first. I would – ask you to talk to people in the if you don't want to talk to us about why talk to people like ryan crothers and matt dibble matt dibble um from our time working with the generals told crothers that i were that we were quote delightfully persistent (laughs) every week if we are working with you and we are under contract with you i'm going to be asking you ask smoley about us ask anyone with the rush about us we're going to ask you a bunch of different questions we're going to ask you follow-up questions we're going to ask questions like who are the new players did you bring in why did you bring them in and when you have when your team has a big loss, I'm not gonna ask you, well, you lost eight to one. What did you think of John Doe's goal in the third period? I'm gonna say, okay, use this opportunity to talk about your message and how you're using this to grow as a team and grow and get better. Um to to say that to junior coaches, the the the, the pitch to them is we're gonna help you get exposure, not in the traditional day of game sense. If you wanna pay us to do that and come out just like you guys, heck yes. Um, I'll figure out a way and we'll make it work and eventually um when Henrik's a little bit older, if he wants to do any of this with me, he's more than welcome to. Um, but the pitch is going to be, we're going to be able to ask you the, ask your players those stories and questions to get them noticed by people for the first time. So that way, when you have college coaches come to the showcase that you guys do a great job calling, um, and you have all these things, you can say, oh, I read about that player who, you know, saved puppies in his spare time. Whatever it is, you kind of get it helps the players going to the players you're going to like the player you're not going to like the player but we want you to be able to see players for who they are as people off the ice just as much as what they do on the ice and you get a more complete picture of a person for who they are and that helps you kind of make a decision about them good or bad and kind of helps you move, helps them hopefully move up the ladder to wherever it is one of our biggest stories this year was about um Casimir Monchek committing to the Chicago Cougars and just the Cougars and him. We got, I think we got two stories out of that. He's playing. Um, he's going to be playing for Adrian's D2 or D3 ACHA team next year. 
we saw him with the NA3 generals and I'm just like, oh, he committed. We should probably send the team some questions. And yeah. they, to their credit, they got back to us and we were able to get a story up. And it was nice to see those guys get noticed for who they are and what they do off the ice just as much on the ice. And I feel like junior hockey coaches deal with a lot of that and know a lot of that. And they don't really have an outlet asking them about that because the town, the, the town paper and local journalism is absolutely great. Love it they are under different pressures than we are because we are our own outlet. We can ask those different questions and do different things. If we don't write a traditional day of game recap, it's not the end of the world. Would I like to every day? Absolutely. I need the same amount of caffeine that you drink, Dan K on a day-to-day basis. I need, we need our own caffeine sponsorship here. Um, But we want to write about those unique stories um, and unique things that go on week to week, day to day just as much as we want to write about, you know, all the guys that had all the hat tricks. Yep. At, and then at the college level, we, especially as more teams are looking to move to the D1 level, we want to write about D3, D1, everybody. We want to write about your players. If, if you feel like there's a good story or we can do for the generals, we did um, player profiles, which are just, I created a Google form. They answered it ask the coaches some questions in the year on when it when they got up with the rush. It's just week to week plus the new stuff as it comes up. Everything is a little bit different, and, and we kind of love that. At the college level, if you're a player in D1, we want to write about as many of you as we absolutely can. If you're an NHL draft pick in D1, we still want to write about you, but we want to write about you for a different reason than most of the prospects, prospects bloggers, and they're all great people, love them. Absolutely love them, but they're going to write about you for different things than we typically want to write about you. We want to write about guys like Reggie Millette and his story of how he got um, from Jacksonville to Austin and the Nall to AIC. We want to write about, we've written about Alex Tertishny and how he got from the Northeast Generals and the story um, and, and what he does and how he still watches his dad's game highlights. And we've written, we've written about him and he's played one game in college for AIC. He's an absolutely wonderful person. And we love writing about stories like that. We love writing about people for who they are at the end of the day. And that's people more than they are hockey players. And that's, and if you're a hockey coach at a D1, D3 or a club level, I, you're building people at the end of the day, you're building people to go on to their next phase in life, whether it be first line NHL center, investment banker, journalist, whatever it is, if those people get, good exposure and positive things for what, what they do. We're not going to be the ones that are going to make the financial transactions for you. But at the end of the day, we really, we feel like writing about those stories for a junior level. We'll give your players. If we do live interviews with players, it gives your players practice for lack of better phrase dealing with media because not every junior we've learned this not every junior hockey player has had media practice. Not every college hockey player has had media practice and even if they never played in the NHL, if just dealing with having, having to answer those questions on the spot, even if they got to take their time or whatever, helps them get a job better. Great. Yeah. Like it, it, it's kind of, we're, we're in it for the short term of, yeah, we want to know who wins and hangs the manners, but we're also in it for the long term of knowing that in five to 10 years, the guy like uh, Brent Kiefer, who's committed to go to army West point next year, who we wrote about a little bit with the generals, he's going to be a second Lieutenant in the army leading 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 america's sons and daughters and to know that we're able to write about a little bit of his story and then we'll write about him a bit more um when he's at west point that to us means more than writing about a thousand and eight number one draft picks only for what they do on the ice yeah 
come on. And and you listen to this, folks. If you're not listening to this and getting goosebumps like I am, like this is what it's supposed to be, right? And so many times I was just having a conversation. It's crazy enough. You talk about like following these guys and gals in sports, these athletes we work with less about less for, Hey, are they going to be the next Connor McDavid and more for just whatever's next for them? You want it to be good, right? You want to follow along you want to be a part of it. Like I, I just got off the phone with a, I won't mention the name, but a, a player who played in the NCDC back when it first kicked off, he was reaching back out because now he's getting into helping players the way we did. He was a bit inspired by what we did with the Dan K show. And he wants to help players to navigate the industry, navigate to their next teams and, and kind of work with hockey coaches nationwide at the AAA level to help young athletes figure out what their steps are going to be. And he was asking a lot of questions, and we kind of just talked about the, the idea that there's more to this game than just what happens on the ice, right? You can build a real good life out of it. This is a young guy that I talked to that's now an engineer in Salt Lake City, Utah, tearing up life. Some of his teammates are playing in the NHL right now, but he's just as happy and he's helping out the game. I don't know. It's just, I'm pumped up right now. I'm stoked, Lucas. I haven't let you talk in this entire time. <laughs> and I'm also, my computer's going to die. So I'm going to run really quick while Lucas asks this next question. Grab my charger, plug it in. Go, Lucas. <laughs> well, I think uh, there's nine times in a day. Yeah, yeah. So that's why. That's why I talk. He's always he is always running. He got on my case real quick about not being on the run all the time. Um, I think I think two things kind of stick out to me. I think that the first thing that sticks out to me is how much, how much you remember, and how much you're engaged in everyone that you interview, everyone that you talk to. It's not. You don't interview these players, these, you know, these coaches, you don't work with these teams and then post the article, the clip, whatever it may be, and then move on and forget about it. You, you have a relationship with these teams, with these players, and, you know, there is, there is that follow through, I think, which indicates a lot of care that you take with your subject material, which I think is huge. I mean, there's, uh, you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times where there's just so much of the, the set it and forget it you know, in this industry and, you know, you, uh, some people, you know, take advantage of certain aspects of the game, certain aspects of the story, or they're always just trying to find a negative angle to attack, get their clicks and move on, right? There is, there is so much more to covering the game, especially when you're dealing with kids that are, are, you know, Dan, we've covered a bunch of kids who we first met them when they were 15 or 16. And then we're continuing to cover them as they as they hit 20. And then we follow them on to college. And we, you know, just had an interview with the coach of the Vernal Oilers, uh, Mike Janello, who was a player in the Florida Eels our first year in the league. Yeah, and now he's coming back to coach. Yeah, yeah, and it does make you feel old, but also it's it's yeah. it's kind of nice. Well, also you look at like Chris Funky, who was it was the national championship goaltender with the Jersey Hitman my first year before Lucas when Lucas was just a glimmer in the eye of the USBHL in the day. <laughs> and Chris Funky is now a color commentator for Penn State on the radio. Like, and you look at JT Hankey, who coaches for the Northern Cyclones youth now, and that was my first ever interview. He's like, Hey man, that was your first ever interview. He remembers that. I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't remember you. And the best one for you, Oliver, if you've not interviewed Ben Wakefield yet out of New Jersey with the Charlotte Rush, I really dropped the ball with Ben. So when Ben was 15, he was a huge Dan Kay fan, apparently, and asked me for a picture along with Liam McClinsky, who wound up being a superstar with the Hitmen as well. Mm -hmm. 
and Cooper's at Holy Cross now too. Yes, and Ben bumped into me recently with Ryan Crothers in the Charlotte Rush, and he goes. I know you remember me. I'm your favorite player of all time. <laughs> I messed up his name and I have never, I've never felt worse about anything in my life. So I've already told him, I promised him, I will never forget you, Ben. <laughs> so if you have not covered Ben yet, you could probably get a great story making fun of me forgetting his name. Yeah, that is uh that's a tough one. We'll, <laughs> we'll give you that, but you, you handled it well. You, you got through with it. Um, I, I think something that's interesting is is the way that the sport has maybe changed. I mean, we we talked about how you guys you, know, you started in 2016. You've you know obviously you've grown a lot since then with the business, with the scope of coverage, with the way you cover. But through your coverage, have you noticed anything about the sport itself that has changed in your eyes? Whether it be the way that players handle media potentially, or you know the the way that the game itself is handled from from the way that you guys look at it have you noticed any of those changes um i think one of the biggest changes that we've noticed um is probably how some of uh, honestly some of it's how coaches answer questions and maybe that's just because they're a little bit different um very rarely if you ask a coach a good question whether it's brad berry brian erickson uh with the northeast generals uh, Schwab with the Rush, Molly with the Infantry, who, Eric Wang, Brian, whoever, whomever. If you ask a coach a good question and then they say, well, it was very rarely are they going to give you a, 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 a paperweight answer of, you know, I saw you guys started out in the first period, you know, bad. They outshot you 10 to 3. Why is that? And then they'll, they may give you for the first generic answer. But then if you go a little deeper and say, well, what can you do to change that the next time? A lot of those coaches will give you direct answers of, Hey, our, F, our third forward in or wasn't, you know, wasn't doing enough and wasn't hard on pucks. I think I will give coaches a lot of credit um, for being more detailed um, in, in how they answer those questions. The media's job to me is to know how to ask those questions beyond, Oh, say North Dakota is playing bad. It's the bad goaltending. That's true, but I'm betting you there's pro- I'm betting there's probably more than just bad goaltending um, to do with that. Or AIC, AIC's um, they beat Army eight to two, then went on to lose their next four Atlantic hockey games, and now they're on another winning streak. Um, and we, when we asked Eric Lang those questions, he was honest. Like he said, "Look, these the players on the team need to run the team, and we're, we're going to coach and do what we can." But at the end of the day. I can only motivate people so much. It, it, I can take away ice time, but at the end of the day, it's the players who have to want it. And he will. So back to the original question. Um, sorry for jumping off on my tangent there a little bit, but um, all we do are tangents here. <laughs> um, my wife would probably tell you I'm on the right podcast. Then um, anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, um, to the original question, I would say the biggest change is. Coaches are, are, are going to be more deep are being a lot more detailed with media and how they respond to questions. And they're being a lot more thoughtful because to them at a D one level, at a D three level, at a club level, at whatever level, how they answer is a reflection of their program. They, they know that. And they, the media also know that those cookie cutter questions, they only get you so far. Like, 
the the vibe, the the what we ask Eric Lang in a press conference, say if say if AIC wins another tournament, Atlantic hockey tournament, makes it to Fargo. I'm gonna probably be the one asking him questions. I'm gonna probably ask him a lot more detailed program specific question than anybody else. Um, not because they all can't, I'm sure a lot of them will, but because we know that Eric Lang is going to give those detailed answers on how did a player like you know, how did Blake Bennett get to where he is? And I mean, Blake Bennett, if not for Ryan Crothers in the Charlotte rush would not be a college hockey player today. Yeah. Straight up. He, Ryan Crothers motivated him. Always knew he was a great role of hockey player who could score a gajillion goals. He still scores a gajillion goals now, but Ryan Crothers in the Charlotte rush um, kind of got him on the right path, got him to Corpus, got seen by AIC and has kind of has worked his way up from there. Yeah. Blake Bennett very well could be AIC's um, first NHL player one day and I'm saying this as they have a guy currently playing for the Toronto Marlies Brennan Kapchek who's on the same Aston Rebels team with Merrick Smittens in seven degrees of hockey Kevin Bacon but <laughs> um, anyway I say all that to say if you know the questions to ask you can get a lot of good information out of people and I think a lot of hockey coaches don't get enough credit for that because yeah. um, they see the generic cookie cutter clips of oh we got to get you know pucks in deeper play a full 60 well what does that mean Four lines banging well, all day. <laughs> well, four, four, we got to have four lines rolling, get get the legs moving. Whereas if you ask a, a coach at the college level like Eric Lang a question of, hey, why did you put um, a freshman rookie like John Lundy on a line with Blake Bennett? He'll say, hey, we did that because he's a good complimentary player because he's a power forward. Not just, oh, because he plays a hard, heavy game. Because what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's right. like Schroding. It's like Schrodinger's answer. You you assign it a different value based on what you think that means. Yep. I think Alex Ovechkin plays a hard, heavy game, and he does. But he will go down in history as being remembered as the greatest NHL goal scorer of all time, which he already is. But that's its own separate. <laughs> that's its own separate debate. <laughs> well, it's 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 so interesting too because I think I think one of the things that we've seen is that even the players themselves are getting more and more media training. Right when when Dan and I first started interviewing players, you kind of had to pull a little bit of teeth to to get a player interview, right? And and when you did, there was one guy in every team. I think that was the funniest thing for us about getting involved early on was there was one guy in every team who was the designated question guy and you asked that guy the questions and he gave you the answers where now you know when we walk around a rink we we've even done a couple of games just on the bench as as just bench guys doing color commentary we're joking around with players i got pressed into duty as the assistant to the equipment manager for the metro jets the other day it's it's become a lot more a lot more easy going with a lot of the players in the league and I will say this for you. If you want a good interview, you should interview Trevor Jewell because Coach Trevor Jewell is – He gives us great answers with the rush already. Oh, He's... my gosh. They he... never end, though. He can they make... never end. You can do a whole podcast based off one question with him. And I felt so bad. The first time I got a chance to interview him, and he talked through the entire intermission, and I didn't realize that because of all the electrical interference in the rink – None of it made it onto the broadcast with the wireless microphone. It it haunts me to this day that he gave one of the greatest interview responses ever, and no one ever heard it. Yeah, I just kept going with play by play for you, Lucas. <laughs> I don't want to. He was so happy. I didn't even want to tell him it wasn't on the air. I just let him keep going. 
was another guy we, we will like to shout out is uh ray sylvester with the uh who oh. was with the rush and he's now with brothers in sioux falls we met him and we we were just having a conversation during a preseason game and he was effortless he told us so many great things about the league and what to look for um he he is going to be behind a bench somewhere doing a lot more than cutting and not the cutting video isn't important it very is but he if he wants to be a coach someday somewhere he absolutely will be yeah, he is. He's sassy too. That's he's our great. sassy king. <laughs> I, I think he would agree with that statement. <laughs> he called himself sassy to us before. It's uh, so, but yeah, I mean, some of the some of the great moments you get to have at this level of the game, and and even collegiately, as you as you cover those underdogs, you cover those stories that are that don't have spotlight shine on them every single day. You get the forge relationships, like, uh, like the relationship that I have with Philip Kuba, Lucas, when I was on the bench with uh, with Coach Koobs with the Tampa Bay Juniors. And I look to my right and I go, hey, Koobs, just a little heads up right now. I mean, between the two of us legends down here, we got 333 NHL points. <laughs> and he looks and goes, oh, how many you get? <laughs> and, you know, five years ago, you would have been thrown <laughs> off the bench for that. But now he laughs and we all we all go home. He's still scary. He's a big guy. And, and there's a lot of space for for coverage of the underdogs. Like we want to cover all seventy, all seventy, and hopefully it's more. Hopefully North Dakota gets some USPHL teams. Um, I think there's absolutely a market for it, especially if they could work out affiliations with the NCDC. And that's its own that's its own other thing. I really hope that um, over the next few years, there's more outlets and more traditional outlets take a bigger role or bigger interest in it. Um, because there's a lot of room for it. Atlantic Hockey Media Day. I mean, this is a conference, mind you, that has a guy playing in the NHL and only one as of right now, but that's going to that's gonna go up. Um, Atlantic Hockey Media Day. One outlet, I'm not, not to toot our own horn here, but that's kind of what this is. One outlet asked, was able to be in the room for all 10, all 10 teams, and that was us. Like I tried to ask every single coach a question because to me, I like seeing that Chikara Hanazawa with uh, Sacred Heart is doing well. And I started sure. and um, knowing that the South Shore Kings have, I think, another player committed to Sacred Heart on the NCDC. If I'm oh, now I got to remember off the top of my head, is it McDonough? I have to look. I'll but no, but no one's back in. Little... Act like Dan knew on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but knowing about what those guys can bring, I mean, we asked Bill Riga about you know Liam McClinsky and 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 stories and stories like that. Um, the, the, I, I hope that I hope that in the next few years there's more of us because there there needs to be yeah. at all at all levels of the game. There's probably a bunch of wonderful stories in the Fed and the SBHL and the ECHL that we may cover is like an alumni piece. Like anytime Colin B like does anything, um, we, we love to talk about him. I mean, um, he, he, how many junior hockey players do you know that have their Jersey retired by their junior teams? Not many. Colin Bielek's probably your first, probably your first or one of them. Uh, he, he loves talking to us. He loves talking to us about the generals, about every, about everything. And we kind of honestly first started getting uh, turned on like the rush and what they could be. Yes. We're talking with Matt Dibble a little bit, but some of it came when we just talked to CJ Zesma at the NHL showcase, he was wearing his, he, he was wearing a rush hat at yep. night. And he talked about how first class of an organization the rush was in every which way. And now there's a pretty good chance he could be playing D3 or D1 hockey next year. Yeah. Um, you look at a story. And, I I just I had one last year. Brennan Ash. 
Brennan Ash was a USPHL premier player for the Utica Junior Comets, a local kid from that area up there in Utica. And he was he was a guy, he, he would describe himself as a, as a fourth-line banger, right? Like a guy who just kind of, he did what the team needed. He was physical when he needed to be physical. When he needed a guy to kind of come and back you up, he was that guy that jumped over the boards to do so. He dished out hits. And all of a sudden, he's trying to just stay in shape to become a cop after his junior hockey playing career. He's he's already gotten his schooling mostly done. He's he's skating around up in Watertown. And next thing you know, he gets picked up by the Watertown uh, squad up there in the Fed and skates 21 the Wolves. Yeah. Watertown Wolves. And in his first game, his very first game, scores his one and only goal, but he scores in his first time out in the ice with a pro team. Like a guy who was skating just to stay in shape fills in and winds up getting 21 pro games in before going off to become a police officer. Like those little stories that you'll never know if you don't stay close to this game and you're not willing to dig. I just, I love what you guys are doing. I I love watching not just the journalistic integrity of how you guys cover things, but more importantly, your willingness to to go to any level, right? To get to any place to find the good story, to find the right story to tell. We need more good news in junior hockey. Like there's just there's so many folks that want to tell you that the sky is falling. The only thing that I can guarantee the sky is falling on is there's not enough NCAA Division One hockey. There's not enough NCAA Division Three hockey. We Correct. need some hockey. That is where the sky is falling in this industry. And if anybody tells me there is not space for more Division One hockey teams and more Division Three hockey teams, I will literally drop the mitts with you. That that is a place where I draw the line. We need more NCAA. We we actually know a little bit about that. Um, we. Um, talk to the Atlantic Hockey Commissioner Bob De Gregorio, and he's um, they they said they're working on hopefully getting some of the NE10 teams, which is like the the Division Two holdout. Like there is no Division Two hockey national championship; it is a Division Two conference that plays up and down. They play who they can. Conference championship that is your season. There there are teams that are kind of waiting for others to move up, and um, we're really hoping that Stonehill is just kind of they're playing a little a few D1 teams this year, like Lindenwood. But we're hoping that Stonehill plays that that full at the next level. I mean, that was one of our favorite stories to write about was Dylan uh, Dylan Gamey with um, Stonehill. Now, just the fact that he didn't get really a lot of exposure playing in uh, playing high school hockey in New York. Played, I think, a little bit for the Aviators, if I remember correctly. Um, writing about guys like that, writing about guys like Frankie Ireland. Frankie Ireland is the first D one D one goal scorer in um, Stonehill history. Yep. Um, stuff like that to us is just as is just as important, if not more important, because it's 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 like you said. There's a gajillion tier one, tier two, tier three teams producing quality talent, and we need more stalls. We need more stalls at all levels at D one, at D three, ACHA, CHF, AIC just hired a, ho- a club hockey coach to to start up a team next year, and I'm and I'm incredibly happy for them for that because that. It was. It's needed. It's yep. needed at, at every level, and um, and hockey for any small school administrator that may be listening to you guys, you know that hockey, you know that athletics is the front porch of any uh, any university on earth. Hockey is one of the rare sports where, because of how it's set up and its geographic alignment, that AIC could get to the elite eight of the tournament and be basically one goal away from moving on to a frozen four. Yep. 
at the D1 level, a D2 school that only has one D1 sport could do something like that. Yeah. And you look at, look at the sport of hockey. Like it is the only sport. I still stand by this. I don't know of any other sport in the world where the people that are trying to say that they are cultivating it or trying to grow it will at the same time complain that there's too much of it. Too much of it is not possible. If you're trying to grow a sport, if we're trying to bring up the numbers of people playing this game, if we're trying to bring up the levels of, of participation for both men's and women's hockey nationwide and worldwide, you just need to keep creating opportunity. Opportunity creates the opportunity to get on the ice, to lace up the skates, to try it out for the first time, to fall in love with the game and to grow the sport. We are the only sport that fights against its own growth year in and year out. I'm tired of hearing people do it. I'm tired of people being afraid to say that there needs to be more NCAA hockey. I'm tired of people saying that there's too much junior hockey. It continues to show that the market is there for this sport and this sport is beloved by folks nationwide. I love hockey, man. I love what you guys are doing at Seymour Sports. It's SeymourSports.com. Lucas, did I miss anything before we, we finally we finally let Oliver get back to work since he's probably got a nine million other things doing? We got the whole this team is, here now. There we this go. Is my, this is my better half. Hi. This is Kelsey. She, I'm good. Sorry, I got a getting over a cold, so I didn't want to interrupt very much. That's okay. You, you probably sound better than Lucas and I anyway. I'm like 18 <laughs> cups of coffee deep right now, so I'm real fired <laughs> real fired up. <laughs> when I say better half, I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's well, Lucas is mine, so that that's my Dan Casio better half. <laughs> I, I hook everything up, so he's really stuck with me. So uh, <laughs> I put all the I put all the microphones in place. Last time I worked without Lucas, it was just me yelling into a megaphone outside of a hockey rink. It was horrible. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't work without Lucas then. Yeah, he's got to stick around. I, he's the most unfireable person on the planet, I would say. <laughs> and that is no accident. <laughs> I, I get rid of him, it means I'm quitting the industry. So that, that's the only way I can do it. <laughs> no, no I, I think I think the only thing I have to add is is you you, you just heard why we love Seymour Sports so much. It's just it's a lot of a lot of genuine, a lot of genuine in in, in that uh, in that website in that team, and and they're certainly worth a follow. They're certainly worth a share, and always worth a read because, like I said, there's there's not a lot of people who do it quite like they do. And reach out to them. You go to SeymourSport.com. You can, you can follow them on TikTok. Get them to a thousand followers right now. Head over there, and and you know, while we're at it, like support the positives in the game of hockey. And these are two people that are working tirelessly, working hard to support the positives in hockey. We need more of it. We need less of these people writing garbage and more people writing about the rainbows. That's what I want to see. <coughs> I love it. You can hire Seymour Sports. You can work with them. I know the Charlotte Rush. I know the Columbia Infantry have absolutely adored working with these guys. Ryan Crothers needs to stop calling me on Central Time, though, because I am on the East Coast, and I need to sleep. You need to stop calling me late to tell me about you guys. Guys, <laughs> you parting words each week. Do you guys have anything to close the show out for the folks at home about Seymour Sports, about hockey, about whatever? I just want to say thank you guys for uh, giving us a good plug and – given us the time to tell us about us and um you know um it's good that other people are finally seeing the last six years of hard work that we've put in yep and um i'll just add that we our favorite thing to do is to write about hockey stories from all around the world um we 
John DeCastro, um, who's the rushes, he's Ryan Crothers, he's their goalie coach and the program director for Carolina Premier Hockey. I'll I'll tell his story for really quickly. He helped build out the Philippine National Hockey Program, and the infantry have one of those players, Carlo Tico Ronina, defenseman. Um, I told him about you guys, I think. I've told you guys about him, I think. Um, To have those stories that's honestly one of the reasons why we love the usphl so much and why we want to cover more of those teams i'm sure there's a gajillion of those stories that we're not getting to and if we can work with teams on a full-time basis and develop a relationship like what we're working on with the rush it makes it a lot easier because one day if i can do this full-time when my wife's in d1 my wife's in uh college athletics like that's the dream like i want to be able to show henrik at the end of the day that you can create your own path and do what you want at, at the end of the day so he can do whatever he wants to do and, and feel good about that i want him to look back on this when he's old enough to understand what we're doing and either be a part of it or appreciate it for the hard work and what what it took in those weird new paths that we can find on and and on the on the road less and on the road less traveled you can find some very good cannoli pancakes cannoli pancakes forever folks okay what i will tell you guys i always have a, a parting word that goes along with our guests and say perception is king and perception in many cases is reality, right? And as we look at media and its importance, whether it be the Dan K show, whether it be Seymour sports, whether it be your local paper, whether it be ESPN, whether it be the the biggest of the big to the smallest of the small, it all matters. And it's all part of our perception. And, and in junior hockey in collegiate sports in our own personal lives as athletes, we build a perception for ourselves and we, the people build a perception of us by what they see, what they read, what they hear. And there is so much importance to the work that folks like, like Oliver and the team at Seymour sports are putting together for you folks in the game of hockey. They're working hard. I can tell you, they talked about six years of effort finally being seen Lucas and I in our eighth season of this, this year, like for the first couple of years, man, Dan K was, was working 120 hour weeks to, keep food in the table and keep the Dan K show afloat as, as we were uh, working in the red for a long time. And Lucas can vouch for that. And, you know, it takes a while for folks to see the importance of the things that, that folks like Seymour sports or the Dan K show do don't miss out on, don't miss out on an opportunity because I can guarantee you, these guys are going to take it to the next level. They're going to be helping teams nationwide. And you want it to be your team that they're writing about best part about them. Incredible work, journalistic integrity. Go to Seymour Sports right now. S-E-A-M-O-R-E sports.com. Check it out. Learn about it. Reach out to Oliver and figure out how you can take your team's perception to that king level status. Let's talk about our sponsors. How about Remastered Sleep? It's the water bottle of your dreams. You can get 10% off now at checkout. Dan K Show. That's the coupon code. You put that in, you get 10% off. This water bottle will help strengthen the muscles that cause snoring and sleep apnea. You don't need the mask anymore. Use the bottle. You consult with their medical professionals there. They'll put you on a plan. You'll be stopping the snoring in in no time, and you won't bother your colleagues who have to stay in hotel rooms next to yours. When you snore so loud, it goes through the wall and keeps people awake. Go to remasteredsleep.com right now, especially for you coaches that got to travel with your assistant in the room. Next up, Selly Salt. couple hockey moms that put the seasoning on your next meal. Sellysalt.com. Sprinkle it on your next meal. How about Body Trick? This is a hockey mom who's got the all-natural hat trick for you. Body-trick.com. 
Your hair, they'll take care of it. They know how to get the flow going. Your, your scalp care, that's what it's all about. Your body, we got to bounce back when we're done playing. How about some all-natural icy hot that they've got going on? And third, last but not least, the smell of hockey players. Dan K just finished his time at the gym. He's wearing too many layers in Florida right now, and I smell just like a hockey player. Luckily, there's not smell-o-vision here. This is just a podcast. You go to body-trick.com and they get that penalty kill spray, make your locker room smell like it's brandy, stinking new. Last but not least, how about the folks at GMU Sport, protein powder, pre-workout, all the vitamins you need to get in shape, your creatine, everything to get, get pumped up and to do it all naturally and NCAA approved so you're not like the liver king. Don't be the liver king. Be healthy. Be NCA approved. And go to gmusport.com today. I can get you 22% off right now. USPHL22 is your coupon code. When Dan Kay's on the mic, it's always Hockey Night. Your most watched show in junior hockey continues its holiday follow challenge now. Vote at the underscore Dan K show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, as well as at USPHL, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. That's up to eight votes. You can also go to dankayshow.com and get one more in there by contacting us with hashtag holiday follow challenge, the team you want us to go see. We'll see January 1st voting ends. What barn will we end up at this season? Dan, were you personally victimized by the Liver King? This is now the second time that, that you have mentioned time. the Liver King. That's the second Liver King attack. I am mad about the were Liver King. Were you a big follower of the Liver King before you I, realized that you're not hmm. supposed to just eat liver? As a man who has been strictly living off of bone marrow for the last three <laughs> years as part of the Liver King tribe, I am very disappointed that he was on That's That's why we're in the red. Do you know how expensive <laughs> bone marrow is? I don't know how it's What's the saying? If it's too, it seems too good to be true, it usually is. That's it. Uh, Lucas, what was my quote that I made up before that now I've forgotten about idiots? Oh, um, I don't oh. know enough. I don't know enough about the topic to call them an idiot, but I know enough about idiots to know they are one. Yeah, that's it. Liver King. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, The Dan K Show, presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about The Dan K Show, head to www.dankshow.com.